and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and uh, I hate to start the, the program off with a negative note, but I'm going to have to do that. You might be, have been uh, tuning in or downloading this with the assumption that it would be about the new book, Hoping for Happiness, by Barnabas Piper. Uh, Ray and I promised that last week, and we were set to record and everything. Um, unfortunately, uh, we had a problem and we were unable to record. In fact, um, I was able to uh, get the book read and everything, and uh, we, were, we were all set. We had had a time set, and then uh, my wife, unfortunately, fell ill, and I'd take care of our boys and, and, and take care of my wife. So, unfortunately, we're not able uh, to do that. So, we're going to hopefully, Lord willing, do that next week. Now, we also have in, in this time, we've contacted Barnabas Piper, and uh, maybe he'll join us. I don't know if we'll be able to set that up, but that would be great. Uh, at least his publisher is on board, and uh, he's gotten our email, so I know he's he's heard our request, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to do that. Either way, even if Barnabas isn't there, I'm hoping to talk about this book, because it really is a great book. And so I was honored to be part of the launch team with that, or, or the promotion team, however you want to call it. So uh, be tuning in for that next week. Now, this week, um, we are in October, so we're in Pastor Appreciation Month. We did uh, one podcast on that topic already, and uh, we're going to do a second on that. So I interviewed a guy that you guys might be familiar with. He's Pastor Alan Nelson. Uh, Pastor Nelson has been on the podcast before. We've talked about one of his books, and I believe he was on our episode about the Ten Commandments. So he is the pastor of the Perryville Second Baptist Church in Perryville, Arkansas. And we're excited to have him back. Now, I interviewed him earlier this year for a chapel we did at, uh, where I teach at Rock County Christian School. But it was on this idea of pastor appreciation. And so I thought it would be fitting to air it uh, during this time, during this month, uh, this interview on pastor appreciation, talking about what what is a pastor's job. So I hope you enjoy this, and I'll see you on the other side. And we'll talk about uh, some some closing thoughts after that. So, Pastor um, Alan Nelson. Hey, brother! It is uh, good to be here. It's good to uh, to be all the way. Are we in Arkansas or am I in Wisconsin? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm not in Arkansas. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I've never been. Although uh, I know the land of Bill Clinton. I don't know if I, if I, I should go. <laughs> you got to have a passport, I think. <laughs> Now, do you guys have running electricity and, and running water, things like that there? Well, uh, this morning when I came in, I fed the hamster. He's running really fast right now and keeping everything just going. <laughs> so if you see things get kind of crazy, it's uh, it's it's because he's getting tired. All right. So uh, for those of you who don't know, and I'm assuming most of you don't know who uh, Pastor uh, Nelson is. Alan Nelson, pastor at uh, the Second Baptist Church in Perryville, Arkansas, which is a great name for a Southern Baptist church. Yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> And you've also written two books, one of which is in our school library, uh, Death to Life, uh, From Death to Life. And you have a second book, uh, uh, Before the Throne, which is a book about holiness, which uh, will be, I don't have a physical copy with me, unfortunately, but it will be in our school library at some point, I promise. Yeah. It's a good book, and I recommend both of these. Back last year, if you know a senior from last year, these, uh, the seniors got these books from me. And in fact, this year, maybe it'll be Before the Throne. Um, for uh, see if you guys still have your open houses and stuff, because I hope you do, because I want the free food. But um, this is supposed to be 
this would have been our, our pastor appreciation chapel. And unfortunately, again, we're not going to do that. But I, I still want to talk about that topic. And so, uh, Pastor Nelson, you're, you're here really to talk about that. So um, we're talking about appreciation. Let's, let's start from the very beginning. How does someone become a pastor? Uh, it, it's, it, I know it differs from denomination to denomination about different requirements for ordination, things like that. But I want to start at the very beginning. Um, I'm assuming that you, have, you felt a calling from God to be a pastor. So talk to us about that. What does it mean to be called? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question, Kevin. I think that there are, there are, like you said, different, different thoughts about that. But, um, you know, I think that, um, one of the things that we see in the Bible, uh, you know, in, for example, in, in first Timothy three, uh, about being a pastor is, uh, the character of a pastor ought to be it's pretty similar to other Christians. It's not like pastors are super Christians and, and, and then everybody else is just kind of not. Well, Christ, uh, pastors ought to be exemplary in, in character, but um, one of the things is they ought to be able to teach. You know, that's a, that's a requirement. And so um, teaching is something that uh, I guess even a, as a high school student, actually, I really started helping out with, with some teaching things when I was a, a sophomore in high school. And so I always kind of had that sense of I enjoyed that, you know. Um, and a couple years later, when I was uh, in in college, I was going to be a, uh, I was going to teach. Uh, of all things, I was going to teach history and coach football. And I just, I just really had that internal sense, if you will, that you know the Lord was was calling me to something else. Um, but I would like, I would just definitely like to add something to that. And that is, um, it's not just a private thing. Like it's not just an internal, like, well, I'm called to preach. You know, the Bible talks about how the church affirms that, you know? And, and, and so I think that's important because sometimes people say, well, I'm, I'm called to, I'm called to ministry. And everybody's kind of looking around like, yeah, I don't know about that, you know, but so I, I would say there's that internal, you know, call, if you will, yeah. uh, that, that needs to be backed up and affirmed by, by, uh, by the local church. And I think that's really important because we have a lot of emphasis on spiritual gifts and things like that. And I know a lot of teachers, uh, I don't do this, but uh, how do you know your spiritual gift? And it'll give you like a survey of questions you've got to fill out and then it'll determine what spiritual gift you have according to what passage of scripture you have. Uh, and I've always said, if you want to know your spiritual gift, ask the person next to you. Because um, <laughs> oftentimes, if, if you have a spiritual gift, you're, you're probably already using it to some degree without even knowing it. And there, and I think scripturally, there's the idea of uh, this was something that the church was made aware of, not just that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you have the, even the laying on of hands, things like that in the book of Acts. Yeah. Um, so it's important that other people see this. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, so you, you feel a call to preach, a call to, to ministry, uh, and maybe that's even confirmed by the church. Um, what, what's the next step then? What do you do after that? How do you take that, that raw gift and then uh, how do you walk that into a pulpit? How, how do you walk that into a church? Yeah, well, I you know I would say, and obviously uh, I I would affirm that the the uh, the role and the the biblical role of, of a pastor is reserved for men, um, and uh, al although certainly this does not mean that women uh, can't t 
teach. They certainly should teach, you know, but this, um, as far as teaching men and, and teaching uh, uh, this, this role, biblical role of being a pastor, that's something that God has called men to do. And that could get us on a, a really long road, but I just wanted to mention that. Now you're getting all sorts of trouble here, but okay. <laughs> well, one of the things I wanted to say, you know, you talk about being a, uh, being a pastor, you know, I think, unfortunately, and I don't know if there'll be some young men watching this that are, that are, you know, entertaining the call to pastor. I, ho I hope they are. Um, you know, one of the things is it's not about immediately moving from, I feel like I'm going to, I feel like I should preach. The church says, we see some gift in you and then immediately move into the pulpit, you know, um, because there's a lot of things about being a pastor before getting to the pulpit, so to speak. And so um, one of the things, you know, I, I encourage young men is, is have a servant heart, you know, um, everybody wants quote-unquote everybody wants to be behind the pulpit but what about those opportunities that you have at a nursing home you know uh to speak what about the opportunities for vbs and you know the third grade boys class that nobody wants they're looking for a teacher right. you know? um and and so use those opportunities to number one hone your gifts and number two serve the church um so you know, that's just a, a, a thought there. So there's a difference between pastoring and preaching. Because some people, I, I, I am not a pastor at the moment. I, I've served in that capacity in the past. At the moment, I'm not. Um, but I'm a Bible teacher. And so I teach the Bible every day. And I've had some students say, well, Mr. Trump, you're, you're kind of like, just like the pastor. And, I, and I'm, I'm quick to say, no, I'm not. So what is the difference between a pastor and a preacher? Yeah, a pastor is um, is someone who the Lord has specifically set aside to shepherd a uh, a local church. You know, um, the unfortunately with the way that we think about Christianity in America today, it's very privatized. You know, so it's like me and my personal relationship, and that's totally you know great. We should have a personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, however, um, we were never meant to walk in isolation we're meant to walk with brothers and sisters and uh i appreciate what you say kevin you know beyond just um beyond just you know at a at a christian school or whatever but specifically within the context of a local church and so a pastor is someone that god has appointed to to uh this kind of uncomfortable for some people but literally to oversee your soul to shepherd yeah. uh your soul and to give an account one day before the lord for how well they uh, they did according to that task, right? And so um, I also want to hit on. I want to return back to this subject in a second, but um, a Christian school is important. If it, if it weren't, I, I would be here. Amen. Yeah. Um, but it's not a church. Um, you can be a good Christian and not be in a Christian school. Or not having graduated from Christian school, never even heard of a Christian school. Um, but you can't say that about the church. You can't be a good Christian without the church. Tell us a little bit about why, why do even Christian school students actually need a church more than just a school? Well, the, the first answer I say is because the Bible says so. <laughs> um, and, and that might actually, Kevin, that might surprise a lot of people um, because we've kind of been so conditioned to not see Christianity that way. But if you look at the New Testament, honestly, you just don't understand the New Testament apart from the local church. Um, you know, so Jesus, part of his ministry is to build his church, Matthew 16, 18. 
Acts is about where you see the gospel going and, and taking root in people's hearts, what happens, local churches spring up. And then you get through the whole, all the letters of the New Testament, they're, uh, most of them anyway, are written to specific local churches. Even the book of Revelation, you know, it goes to those local churches. And so if you, if you were to say, well, uh, let's say you see this thread of the local church in the New Testament, and you say, you know what, let me just kind of pull that out of the New Testament, and uh, let's leave everything. Well, what, you would just kind of be left with a pile of cloth. And, yeah. and in no, no means do I mean, am I not downplaying the gospel? You know, the gospel obviously is that core, that's central. But to understand, when we understand the gospel rightly, we understand it's doing something. And it is building um, Christ's body, the church, which, which shows itself in, uh, in, in tangible gatherings, yeah. uh, physical gatherings called local churches, where we love one another. Uh, encourage one another, hold each other accountable, watch yeah. over one another, and we participate in the preaching of the word. You know, we listen to the word, we preach, we pray, the ordinances, all those things. I could go on and on, but right. I'll stop there for a second and take a breath. But that's, yeah, that's that's the big picture. Yeah, the ordinances are really important. That that you know, uh, someone called that a means of grace. Baptism, the Lord's Supper. That's not something that we do at Rock County Christian School. We don't baptize people. We don't uh, hand out communion cups or anything like that. that. That's not our job. That's not our role. But that's something that is a very important part of the Christian life. Amen. That's right. Uh, and I think also the idea of service. Now, we, we, we do try to serve each other here at school. Um, but I think there's a key aspect here. Uh, what we miss in a – what we have in the church we don't have in the school is any sort of cross-generational – uh, aspect as, as as the body of Christ, the we look at uh, how Paul refers to it. It is a very diverse group. At our school, we're not very diverse. We're we're young people. We're around the same age, um, and I'm going to include myself in the young people. Why not? Um, and we come from similar backgrounds. I mean, we have racial diversity and other things like that. But um, within the, what I used to love it. At, uh, at my church is when we, we had when we had communion um, for a time we, we walked up together and took the elements and came back to our seats and I'd look at people as they were coming back to their seats and I just think if it weren't for this church I would have nothing in common with, with many of these people whether rich, poor, young, old um, different levels of the social strata and I think, man, I have nothing in common. But this, this the Lord's table, the, the sacrifice of Christ, this is what brings us together. Mm. We can't say that here. Mm. Um, but now I'm, I, you're the, you're, I'm, I'm supposed to be interviewing you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, I, I'll look at First Peter chapter 5 um, and verse 1. So I exhort the elders among you as fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as, a, as well as a partaker uh, in the glory that is going to be revealed, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the fading crowd of glory. Um, so we have the idea of the pastor being a shepherd. Can you talk to us about what does it mean to, to shepherd your people? Yeah, that's a that's a, a really good question. A really good question as well. You know, a shepherd, 
um, is a, a shepherd's not the same as like a CEO. Yeah. Um, it's not the same as a, as a manager. There's lots of different analogies that the Bible could have used, uh, could have called pastors kings or whatever. Right. Um, but instead, it, it talks about a shepherd, and a shepherd is one who uh, is who loves his flock, uh, leads his flock in love, and like like the passage just read shows uh, sh- shows um, you know tenderness and compassion. Uh, you know, not not for shameful gain. Um, I think that's an important word that that uh, you read there from First Peter five. Uh, you don't shepherd for money. You're not in the shepherding business for the money. Yeah. <laughs> you're, in, you're shepherding souls um, because you, and that's where that word, you know, pastor even comes from that the idea, the shepherd and the pastor that's, that's connected together, obviously. And uh, just, just the idea of, of uh, tenderly caring for the flock uh, out of love and service to them, chiefly for the glory of, of King Jesus, right? That's what this is about. It's not a, it's not a, profession one enters into so to speak it's not really even a profession but for lack of a better term it's not a profession one enters into you know just because they want to play golf a lot you know or they you know the whole joke you only work one day a week you know well unfortunately kevin some people enter the ministry because they have that motive you know it's like well i can i can be lazy or whatever but shepherding is not um is not lazy work because it requires caring for the sheep knowing where they are helping them you know um, when they're when they're spiritually injured, if you will, picking them up, carrying them, uh, praying for them, and, and you know, lots of lots more we could talk about there. But it's it's a I guess I'd summarize it by saying to shepherd is a serious task, and it's uh, it's it 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 takes a lot out of a out of a person yeah. who takes it seriously. So we again, you mentioned the, the, this typical joke: pastor only works one day a week on Sunday. Um, and, and some people say, oh, we know that because it takes a lot of preparation to put this sermon together. And especially some pastors, if you're preaching Sunday school, Sunday morning, maybe a Sunday night or a Wednesday night service or something, um, that takes a lot of work. And I don't think a lot of people understand how much work actually goes into a message. It's not something like my high school students would do 20 minutes before it starts, you know, hammer something out. Um, you actually, you know, you know, you're consulting commentaries, you're looking at Greek or Hebrew, and you're, it, there's a lot of work uh, go, that goes into every sermon. Um, but let's, uh, let, let's walk away from the sermon part. Tell us, what's it like to be a pastor day-to-day? Uh, you're a full-time pastor. Um, what, what, what are some of the typical things you're doing in a day? Yeah, right, so right now is a little bit different, obviously, right. but yeah. you've got to be creative. And I can, I can tell you a little bit what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, so, so one of the things is just trying to stay connected with people, um, and, 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 you know, using technology. So we, we, we try to zoom once a week, um, as a body, just kind of check in with each other. A few people participate in that. And then I try to make phone calls, you know, and, and, and check in, uh, with, with people in that way. Um, and then with, with what we're doing at, at Second Baptist Prairieville is, I, I joke, we have more Baptist churches in our town than we do stoplights but uh, what we uh, what we're doing right now is we're trying to live stream everything we normally do so not what we normally do is you know Sunday school Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night well now we're live streaming all those and that's uh, because we only have one pastor that's all that's fallen uh, on me so uh, I've kind of added some extra work you know right now so it's a lot of time right now of really 
trying to prep and get all that ready and then, you know, do that. So it looks a little bit different right now. When it's not a pandemic, um, one of the things is, you know, just trying to be with people. Uh, we, we meet once a week with our men uh, on, uh, on, on Thursday mornings. We have, a, uh, we have another meeting once a month with some men on Sunday afternoons, uh, hospital visitations, um, you know, uh, sometimes just helping people that are in need. Maybe there's a project here or there. Uh, with the church I'm talking about, like, you know, build a, one time we built a ramp for a, a brother who had to be, has to be in a wheelchair. And so, you know, just, just sort of things like that, just being out there uh, um, among the flock. And then of course, I don't want to take away from preparation to teach yeah. is a big part of any pastor's, um, you know, weekly duties. Uh, for, for me personally, like um, everybody's kind of different, but Tuesday usually is my big sermon prep day, you know? So Tuesday, I try to put my cell phone away and I try to just lock myself, if you will, in my study and just, I think you really, lost the teenagers there. You put your phone away. Yeah. You don't use it. Yeah. yeah I try. No, I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, you know, I check in at lunch or whatever. Um, so, uh, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, those things can really be distracting when you're trying to, when you're trying to uh, study. Um, and, you know, I always, I do try to be available. doesn't mean like if someone's sick or whatever, I'm not available. I, I certainly am, but try to block out time for, for study. And, um, you know, I, I'll say this too, not to scare anybody away, but if you want to pastor, you, you uh, hopefully you like reading. Now, when I was in yeah. high school, um, when I was in high school, I wasn't a big reader. We used to do, we used to have a thing that's called accelerated reader. Uh, like you had to get, we, uh, you had to get points or whatever every okay. nine, nine weeks, you know? And I used to, I feel like I was like that last minute guy, always at the end, um, trying to get the, the points there. And so I, and so if you don't like reading now, it's okay, but know something, if you're going to pastor, you need to learn to love to read because, uh, there's a lot of things out there that, that are, are, are competing for our, our people's attention, you know, and lots of competing worldviews. And so it's important to be grounded. I don't spend a lot of time reading that kind of stuff. Actually, I spend more of my time just trying to ground myself in, uh, in sound doctrine and, and solid theology. And, and then obviously the Bible, uh, reading the Bible every day. And if I could just give that exhortation, Kevin, whether you're going to be a pastor or not, um, develop good habits right now unfortunately i was let's see it was 2008 so i was 22 when i really began reading the bible every single day and uh i wish i would have started when i was you know 14 15 16 um and you can do it and i would encourage you that's one of the biggest things about growing in christ is read read the bible every day and be plugged in with the local church all right i'm going to take a breath kevin <laughs> back to you <laughs> no that's good i mean these guys have to do their devotion during this pandemic we're we're studying through the book of colossians Amen. high school students are um and so they're one, one of the things we're hoping to do with that is getting ground that idea that every day read read something that it, it helps you prepare for the day but also just gr uh, just ground your mind uh spiritually um and it reminds you some of the great truths that that'll help you. Um, let's talk about, I think one of the things, looking back when I was in, in the pastorate, one of the things they didn't prepare me for in college or seminary, um, and one of the things that kind of took me by surprise was the biggest weight I found was not just the preaching, or sometimes, you know, you're, you're not only a pastor, but you're a janitor, you're the accountant, you're 
the greeter, you're everything, uh, especially in smaller churches. But what I found most taxing and most burdensome was just the incredible burden of the uh, of ministering to people. Um, as as a Christian, I'm, I'm commanded to bear one another's burdens. And so, if I have a fellow believer I know is going through a tough time, I you know put my arm around them with social distancing or whatever, um, and uh, try to share that burden with them, whether it's a uh, death in the family, a divorce, uh, economic hardship, whatever. And I try to, to help them through that and I pick that burden up, uh, you know, uh, metaphorically. But as pastor, you're not just dealing with a friend here or a friend there or a family member. You've got an entire flock of people that are coming to you as their main spiritual advisor. And you've got to bear that weight of all of these different problems um, at once. Tell us a little bit about that. Walk us through that a little bit, how uh, maybe difficult that is, but that's part of the, the ministry. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Um, you know, various people are dealing with, uh, with, with various things. You know, I, I've got a, a, a church member right now uh who's he he's older man and he's been dealing with some heart issues and you know 2020 has been a whirlwind for him uh even before this covid stuff and so you know just the anxiety um that, that he's had to deal with and wanting to see his grandchildren graduate and you know he's had that that burden um in 2019 and walked through uh with a couple that uh that had a miscarriage in 2018, there was a, a different couple in our church that actually ended up having a, a stillborn child. Um, and, and, and then, you know, <laughs> marriage counseling, uh, you know, uh, struggling with, with this sin or that sin, or, you know, even having to deal with people who um, are part of our body, but they're not taking seriously gathering together, you know, and so trying to connect with those. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a, a serious task, you know, the, the pastoral role is more than just standing up and preaching and i don't want to minimize that at all because that is that's right. priority and that's important but um but the idea that a pastor just studies then he preaches and then he um you know then he's free or whatever that's not the whole picture you know um and so it it, it is a burden uh, and I, I i will mention this you know uh the southern baptist tradition recent uh in the you know last hundred years or so would really become more like one pastor, you know, yeah. uh, like, so I'm, I'm at a small church and, and like you said, one pastor dealing with everything, but really I think the more biblical model is a, uh, is a plurality of pastors yeah. or, or the Bible uses the term elder interchangeably. And one of the reasons I would say is not only do I think that's a, seems to be a, a biblical model there. It also seems to be quite practical. Yeah. You know, because it's really is sometimes, unfortunately, I'll tell you kind of the dark side of pastoral ministry. Sometimes pastors feel so alone uh, because they're dealing with these things. And there are, there are times, sometimes things that, that I, I can't even really share with my own wife uh, because it's a, a, a private sort of situation. And, and so it's just something you carry by yourself, you know. And so what I would say uh, or, or one of the things I, I would tried to remind myself even now as I'm saying this and anybody interested in pastoral ministry is you're not really alone because Christ uh the the pastor must 
be wholly dependent on Christ, yeah. you know, and ultimately you're not Jesus for your people. Um, right. you're, you're, you're pointing right. them to Christ. They, that's who they need, you know? And so sometimes pastors, even in, with good intentions, they try to be Jesus <laughs> and, uh, but, but, but we can't do that. And, uh, we ultimately got to point to him and depend on him and, and, and know that he loves our people more than we do. And, um, and, and, you know, he has their ultimate good in mind. And so, you know, continuing to be plugged up with him and, and dependent on him. And, um, you know, anyway, just some yeah. thoughts there. Well, let's talk about the, the message, the sermon, because you said the, pastor, the pastor's job is more than that, but it's certainly not less than that. And that is a very important part. Um, feeding the flock is of the utmost importance. Yeah. And so that's, that's the, one of the things that, you know, it's probably the pastor most known for, and, and there's a reason for that, because it is really important. So my question for you is, all right, here I am. Um, I'm not a pastor right now, but I'm, I'm walking into the church. Hopefully someday I'll be walking into a church building again, um, or even a live stream or whatever. Um, how should I prepare? Uh, we, 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 you do a lot of work on, on your part on, on making sure you have exegeted the text properly. You, you've studied the text. Uh, if you haven't taken this math theology, you're not sure what I'm talking about yet, but um, you will senior year. Uh, but if you haven't, you need to study the text, make sure you have a right application that, that's grounded in what the text say, not just what your opinions are or whatever. You, you've taken the time to do that right, to, to faithfully divide the word of God. So what is my responsibility? What, as, as, as a pastor, what would, you say, what would you say I should be doing to make sure your work is not in vain, and I am that, that right ground, so to speak, um, to hear what God has for me through his word. Yeah, that's, that's a really big question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start very, very basic, and I'm going to say, um, first of all, let's, let's remember, uh, this could be a, a whole different conversation, but let's remember that the Lord's Day is Sunday. Um, we, we really get excited about Easter and praise, praise the Lord for Easter, but uh, every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection, you know, and so Sunday is a special day that the Lord has set aside for us to worship him and together with the church. And so I begin there very basically because I say, um, guard your Saturday nights, you know, and, and what I, what I mean by that, I know that might be hard for a, uh, for a high school student, but what I mean by that is, um, you know, there are some Sunday night or Saturday nights, obviously that we're going to be out late and enjoying uh, friends and, and, and having a good Christian time, you know? Um, and so, but, but I would say more often than not, guard your get the sleep that you need so that you can be attentive and ready um you say look i got i got church in the morning it's 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 time for me to go to bed you know um and so and so uh be up get the sleep that you need be up be prepared pray uh for your own soul uh um you know psalm 119 18 says open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I think that's a good prayer. You know, Lord, would you open my heart today to, to understand what, uh, what the pastor is preaching and, and help me with that. And then pray for your pastor, right? Because I, I, I can promise you, you cannot, uh, you can't pray for him too much. So pray for him and, you know, pray for his study time, even during the week, pray for, uh, pray for his mental sharpness and his focus and well, he would articulate things properly. Then uh, I, I don't know what kind of churches that, uh, that that your students are a part of, but 
but a lot of churches nowadays are, are really recovering the idea of expositional preaching, meaning going through, a, say, like you guys are going through Colossians as, as a study, but maybe in, uh, in the church, the pastor's preaching through Colossians. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you can do is whatever verse he finished last week, um, during your week, you can read that the next verse, you know, and just prepare and, and try to, you know, you're not taken away from him and say, aha, I already figured this out, you know. Spoiler alert, yeah. Yeah, you, you read it, you figure it out, you pray, you discuss it maybe with friends um, or maybe your parents, and, uh, and, and then you be ready to hear what he has to say because I think uh, it'll be even more meaningful the fact that you've spent some time with it, you know, personally. So there are just some, some practical ideas, you know, to, to – uh, uh, and, and when we get back to church, not that anybody uh, is doing this, but when we get back together with church, you know, don't don't just stroll in at the last minute and just barely woke up, barely get out of bed. That's why, you know, kind of guard your Saturday nights. I'm not trying to say you have to go to bed at 8 o'clock or whatever, but I'm, I am just saying um, you want to be mentally uh, focused and ready for what the Lord has to say and, uh, and, and to be able to encourage one another in the, uh, in the Lord. Um, the other thing I might say, is talk about encouragement and I, I'm sure you're going to get to this, but it's kind of on this topic, a good transition perhaps. And that is um, let, let your pastor know that uh, what, what you heard. And uh, you know, one of the most encouraging things to me, Kevin, as a, as a pastor is just when people uh, shoot me a little text or, uh, or maybe talk to me after the service or whatever, and just say, Hey, um, I really like this maybe about the, or this yeah. part of the sermon really, really helped me you know i mean we all say hey good preaching you know or whatever but 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 those little text messages or or words of encouragement that say hey this part that was really meaningful right. to me um it really you know really helped me or whatever that's great because the pastor is reminded oh okay i'm not just saying these words people are listening you know and, yeah. and the lord's using these things so okay i've got two more quick questions that i think we're going over time already Oh. Uh, this is chapel <laughs> but um i just lost my train of thought okay yeah uh, what do you as a pastor what do you what do you wish people knew about your job that they probably don't understand already uh what some mischaracterizations or something that you wish everybody in your congregation knew this about what you do that you uh, don't think they do yeah i think I think one of the things I would say to that question is just the idea of you never clock out of pastoral ministry, you know, um, in every other profession you do. And, and I don't want to take away, not every other, but, you know, I don't want to take away from teachers. I know they're always, you know, thinking about their students and all that. And that's always, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's important, you know, but, but a pastor is, is always, um, always carrying you know the thoughts of his flock I, it, he can be on vacation um he can be at home at night eating supper with his family but he's always you know he's always thinking about his people and um and then he's always you know for a big part of his life he's on call so to speak you know and if his people need him and so it's just uh it's really hard to to, to classify you know how many hours a week did you work well you know, at the office, there might be some weeks that a pastor's only there, you know, say 30 hours, you know, um, but there also might be those weeks that almost every waking moment was spent 
um, intentionally focusing or doing something, praying um, for for his his the people God entrusts. So I guess one thing I would say is uh, one of the mischaracterizations uh, characterizations of pastoral ministry is that you know you just you go to the office at nine, you clock out at five, boom, you're done, you're on to something else. But really, it's it's a it's a really uh, in, in, intensive sort of uh, uh, ministry. Okay, last question. Um, how do you feel, when do you feel most appreciated as a pastor? I, I really appreciate what you said about um, after the message, not just say, hey, good message, walk out the door, because everyone says that. I remember we had, uh, <laughs> in a church I served at in Massachusetts, I'd preached the message, and one of the older ladies in the church came up to me after the message, after we shaking hands and things, and she said, oh, Pastor, great message, great message. Didn't hear a word of it, but I'm sure it was a great message. You know? um, but say something specific. But what are some other things people can do to show their appreciation? What, what would make you feel most appreciated as a pastor? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, this sounds crazy, but just one of the things is being a, a, an active part of your local church mm -hmm. is more encouraging to your pastor than you might realize. Uh, being someone that he can depend on, that he knows uh, when we when we gather, this uh, brother, this sister is going to be there. Uh, it, it's an overwhelming encouragement to know those people that are just always going to be there, you know. And and particularly, I think uh, as a young, you know, high school students, you can really encourage your pastor uh, because unfortunately, with the younger people are the less uh, responsible society really thinks that they are. And, and in some ways, that's certainly true, but it doesn't have to be true, you know, and just encourage your pastor by just, just being there. So one of the greatest things that encourages me is just those people that I know that they're going to be there, you know, the only way they're going to miss is if they're, they're sick, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really encouraging. Like I mentioned with the feedback on the messages is encouraging. Um, I, you know, sometimes I have church members that just send me little notes, you know, um, and just taking the time. It means a lot that they take time out of their life to sit down and write out a note. Um, do you, do you guys use pens at your school or are you just all digital now? <laughs> uh, well, right now we're all digital, but uh, we, we, we do use these things from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you take one of those things and just write a quick note, you know, that's, that can be super encouraging. And then, you know, just small ways. Sometimes people bless uh, me with the, you know, maybe a small little gift card here or there or a book, you know, and, and uh, you know, just, just little things that I think you can encourage. Any Christian can encourage any other Christian in these similar yeah. ways, but um, you know, just, showing up and being an active part of the of the local church and, and and letting your pastor know that that what he's saying is it's it's resonating with you the lord's using it, it's growing you might just assume well he knows that well really he does know that he should know that but boy it sure encourages him when he sees it and he sees that you're you know um that that's that's taking root in your heart all right thank you pastor nelson for that and thank all of you for listening and I hope you gained a better appreciation for what your pastor actually does. It doesn't just work on Sundays. So do me a favor. Make sure your pastor is aware of how he is appreciated by you specifically. Go out, get him a gift, or hand him a note, or you know what? For some of you, just show up to church. Let him know that his labor is not in vain. We know that it's not, uh, but sometimes they'll need a reminder of that. So go out and do that. 
Okay, so uh, don't forget to uh, our recommended resources, by the way. We're going to recommend um, the books by Pastor Nelson, and those are From Death to Life, How Salvation Worked, which is a great book I've given out many times as gifts, and his, late, his latest book, uh, Before the Throne, which is about worship. Excuse me, not worship, it's about holiness. Um, so you'll want to you'll you'll want to get that those two books. I'll have the Amazon links there on the website and in our show notes. So thanks for joining us again, Lord willing. Next week we'll be talking about hoping for happiness by uh, Barnabas Piper. So until then, have a great rest of your week.